Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is Carry On Guns, and I am pleased to tell you that Jordan is in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing wondrous this morning. Oh, you got a firearm here. We're going to talk about a show and tell that I had. <laughs> uh, you knew that would make like uh, I it did. was. Oh man! All right, we'll we'll tell you folks about that later during show and tell. But we got a lot of news this week uh, that we need to cover. I'm going to start with a link that I saw um, earlier this week on LinkedIn. Um, it was a video of a woman who wanted to be on the police review board, apparently. And she talked about uh, this this guy who was having a mental issue uh, heading toward the police with a knife, and they shot him. And she thought that was, by comparison, completely wrong, because apparently there was some other nutcase who uh, came, uh, came out with a, a couple of knives and uh, the citizenry found these tusks. I don't know all the details of the story. I just know what I saw on the in, on the video, and used the tusks to disarm the guy. And she and this was her indictment of the Columbia Police Department here in Columbia, Missouri. And I thought, you know, do I respond to this? Because first thought was, if those people could find a gun instead of a tusk. They would have done exactly what the police did, rather than risk their lives uh, needlessly uh, in an attempt to stop a, a guy who's, you know, virtually uh, looking for someone to kill. So if the police are coming at you, and Jordan, you're, you've got law enforcement background, police are coming at you. Uh, not police, but a guy is coming at you with a knife. Yep. And you've got a gun. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of that movie, uh, The Untouchables. <laughs> you idiot, you brought a knife to a gunfight? <laughs> yeah, that's a... It, it's, I get why it's a sensitive subject for some people. They don't fully comprehend and understand. And, and sometimes police are able to do something else because of whatever the situation. They feel that they can do something else, but you are 100% in a lethal force situation at that point. How you respond is up to training, dynamics around you. What else is there? Do you have room to go somewhere else? Is he 50 yards away or is he 50 inches away? I mean, there's so many things to play in yeah. that, that, which is why sometimes it can turn out differently. Well, you know, oh, well, they were able to tase him in this place. Why weren't you able to do that? They were able to use other officers to apprehend him here and not do that here. And there's just, it's so dynamic. Everything changes from the width of the hallway you're standing in, uh, making you feel how closed in you are, um, how little room you have to operate on up to how many officers are there, what your training has brought to you. It, it's just, but nothing changes the fact that you're in a lethal force situation, which by law per, uh, allows you to use lethal force to defend your life and the lives of others. Well, this complete lack of understanding of all those variables. No, they haven't been in those situations. Yes. Um, and if they have, some of them will argue, well, I have. I had an uncle, or I had a brother, or I had a cousin. And no, that that's family. That's you know things. You know more about the situation. Um, you have more feelings. You have more authority in some of those types of situations. No, you, you've got to do it with complete strangers with no attachment to a situation other than it's your job to handle this situation. And so until you do the job you can't ever feel the same way think about things the same way until it's it's what you do and this gets to the root of the conversation which is citizen review boards yep. 
I've always thought that if, for instance, Columbia police were involved in a shooting and it needed to be reviewed, it should be another police department, another maybe a sheriff's office or somebody else. But it, and, and it could be a composition of we got a couple of sheriffs from Boone County and Cooper County and a couple of police officers from uh, Jeff City, uh, and they're going to review the shooting. I think that's far better. Uh, I know the anti-gun people uh, will scream, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, unless you've been trained, unless you've been in the situation, unless you're aware of what could go wrong, you're probably, not, not, not a guarantee, but probably not qualified to second guess. And that's not to say the police don't screw the pooch. There are some bad cops everywhere. There are bad cops. Uh, there are bad talk show hosts. Uh, but you can't judge everybody uh, by those few. I'm just, all I'm saying is I'm not denying that sometimes you get bad uh, in with a good. But I think you had to have some expertise before you can sit in judgment of somebody who's had to respond to a life-threatening situation with fractions of a second to do it. And I, I actually served on the police review board here years ago um, because I felt like it was someplace that needed a little more uh, information. I'll tell you, all the people I served with at that point um, were, I, I really liked them. as They were good people. I might have differed in opinion with them, but they were good people. And... Uh, I will tell you, the, 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 I think there's two of us at that point that had been former law enforcement, and we were way harder than others, honestly, um, about the situation. I understand from a civilian point, you want civilian oversight of a police department. Well, well that exists because we have the city council and the city manager and the police chiefs, and they serve at the will of the city manager. And, and that is our civilian oversight. N normally, those entities love having a... Um, volunteer board between them and the problem because it allows them to point fingers, ignore it, it gives them a buffer zone um, you know, my dad was in the city for a lot of years working for the city in the, in the, as assistant city manager and one of the things that always they love to do is anytime you can put a volunteer board between yourself and the problem, you really make it easier and I don't think a lot of people understand that if, if you keep this on the you keep this on the doorstep of the city council you keep those, these problems, whether real or not, but you believe as a citizen there's a problem, uh, you, you want to keep those as close to the decision makers as possible. And these uh, volunteer boards don't usually help that situation. Um, especially ones like ours that have no no authority, no, they can't do anything. They can sit there and they can talk and that's in the end they have no uh, power or ability to do anything other than talk. Yeah, I, I love those uh, those, uh, those people who say, "Well, shoot him in the leg, shoot him in the arm." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, go uh, go go try it. And, and yeah. every once in a while it works, uh, but it's it's rare. It's 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 absolutely rare out there. But that's that's just not something that you can do, especially thinking of it in the normal amount of time that you have to prepare for one of those situations is is nil. I mean, there's yeah. just there's no time. Uh, you got adrenaline flowing seconds or fractions of a second to respond. Uh, lives are at stake, and you're going for center mass. <laughs> and you're scared. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're scared. There's there's no way around that. You, you are scared. I don't think uh, a lot of people really appreciate that. So we usually don't make the best, uh, or we usually don't make complete and cognitive total decisions when you are scared. You, you do what you've been trained, which is lethal force situation. You apply lethal force solution. 
All right, uh, we've got a lot more to cover here in this uh, program. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's been a big week uh, in firearms, <laughs> including Alec Baldwin's story. Uh, so we'll get to that and a whole bunch more on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome! Glad to have you with us. Uh, Jordan is on uh, this morning from Potterhorn Guns and Archery. He's got a, a couple of uh, terrific firearms. We're going to talk about it during show and tell. Uh, but when you uh, when you're looking to uh, put in new stock at, uh, uh, at Potterhorn, do you rely on the gun show every year, or how do you uh, how do you acquire these new the newest uh, and best? The gun shows are nice. Of course, I'm on two thousand nine hundred and eighteen uh, email lists. So <laughs> every day that something comes out, you know, we get uh, we get that. We get lots of stuff. Uh, believe it or not, through the old snail mail, uh, where they'll send us uh, a bunch of new promotional stuff if they're coming out with a new firearm that they're really trying to push. Um, which actually, we've got a couple of those, uh, or at least one of those here today. The uh, but that that's really how I get it. Uh, we've gone to Shot Show. We did not go this year because we had to do an archery show. Um, and go do that side of it. But, uh, yeah, that's, I would say usually it's a bunch of the emails and, of course, all the periodicals I get, you know, four magazines a day that come in. And I usually try to go through those because there's some, every once in a while there's some, I don't know if revolutionary is the right thing, but there's something that's enough different from everything else It's it's really neat to look at. It's got to be tough. I mean, you think, uh, do I spend the money to bring these in <laughs> and will they sit on the shelf forever? Yeah. Or will suddenly uh, people go, God, I want more. <laughs> That's usually the hardest part of being a brick and mortar now and competing with all of your online guys is uh, I think a lot of people still want to touch these and that's probably what we end up being is uh, a lot of people will come in and want to handle the firearm and then try to find some place online they can pay 9 or $12 less and order on there and that, that's probably the hardest thing that means we, ha yeah, but we consistently you know, have order, less stock. When they order online then they got to turn around and find a dealer. <laughs> that's true. They can do the NYX check for them. <laughs> that's uh, true. But, uh, and I'd much rather be going back in uh, to Powderhorn and saying, here, I've got a little problem. What do I do with this? Or uh, can I add something to it? Uh, it's much easier to do it in person. Yeah. It's always a gamble when we order that stuff in. You just never know. So you try. You do. You try as much as you can and uh, see how it goes. And, and uh, you try to make some judgment calls on whether it's going to be something that's, uh, is, is it going to be something that I need to sell two of a year or I'm going to sell 20 of a month and you just try. There's, it's As long as you're right more than you're wrong, it's it, it pans itself out. If you go to the uh, Facebook page for Gary on Guns, you will see a link. Uh, and it uh, it has uh, the new handguns of SHOT Show 2023. So that uh, we, because we don't get all the mail <laughs> that George <laughs> <right>. gets, mercifully. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, there's a Savage 1911 that uh, they're impressed with. Uh, Smith & Wesson M&P 9. Um, there are a whole host of uh, firearms uh, that they uh, they have there. Uh, Oracle Arms. Uh, there, there's uh, an, another. You know, it's amazing to me, Jordan. Is and, and don't get me wrong. I love the 1911, but I'm always amazed at the number of people who are still making the damn things. <laughs> there are so many variations and so many new variations every year. It's a uh... After what a hundred and uh, hundred and ten, fifteen, twenty years of this, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's but, yeah. still a popular firearm. Yep, it's a fairly easy to make firearm, uh, and they're stable firearms and they're popular. So it's it's a really great thing for a company to add to their lineup. I mean, almost everybody has one. Yeah, uh, and some of us have more than one. <laughs> I, you know, I, I bought a uh, I bought two in the last two years. I try to restrain myself. I, I don't want to. I don't want to load up like my wife on firearms. 
I just want to stop it after a few. Uh, but I uh, I ordered a 1911, and my it was it's not a made in America thing. It was not a, a manufacturer I was familiar with. And I thought, um, 1911. How can you go wrong? I mean, it's <laughs> it's a well owned uh, you know piece of equipment that has been made for a hundred plus years. How can you go wrong? Do you know that? <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you, don't buy a cheap knockoff. Because <laughs> this brand new, you know, there must be a bazillion places you can get a design, you know, to, to, to mill. It it jams. Mm. How do you, I mean, how can you screw that up? The plan has been out there for 100 years and worked flawlessly. <laughs> Ch cheaper materials and less engineering. You get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. and I learned a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get rid of this thing. I, I feel guilty about selling it to anybody. Uh, then I did get that that double stack 1911, yeah. and I've been shooting that, and it is just a thing of beauty. Those are great guns. I love them. Oh, it is. The, the sight is dead nuts on, um, and you know the the only drawback I ever had with a 1911 was seven rounds. Nah, <laughs> not enough. Uh, anyway, um, if you want to find out some of these uh, new firearms from the SHOT Show, uh, you can go to the uh, Facebook page for Gary on Guns, and uh, you will see them. Uh, we have Hyundai Santa Fe versus... We're not supposed to have that. That's, this, this is what happens when you go to a Fox News website. Um, there is... Uh, a decision to uh, has been made to prosecute Alec Baldwin uh, on the movie set uh, w where this uh, woman was uh, killed and another woman, another guy was injured. And they're they're also going after the armor. Uh, and I assume Jordan that you've been keeping up with this and you you're aware of what what's going on. But for people who haven't, uh, Alec Baldwin's on a movie set. He's a producer of the movie. Uh, they're doing a rehearsal where he has to fire his gun or point his gun. Um, he said uh, that uh, the, this woman who was, you know, directing told him to pull out the gun. And he shot and killed her and wounded somebody else. And in subsequent interviews, he said, uh, I didn't pull the trigger. And he said he was told it was a cold gun. In other words, safe. Uh, there was no real live round in a real live gun, and so he's not guilty. But the uh, apparently BATF uh, and the FBI tried. I think the FBI also tried to uh, make the gun go off without squeezing the trigger, and they couldn't do it. The only way it would fire is if you squeeze the trigger, which makes him uh, a liar, perhaps. Although I have a slightly different theory. And uh, they're holding the armor who's responsible for making sure that there is no live ammo in any of these guns uh, because uh, clearly that was a screw-up. So they're holding them both, or not holding them both, but charging them both with manslaughter. I, um, I th here's what I think, it, and, and it, it's, it's just an old-fashioned revolver. Do you know the model of the, of the revolver? Do you remember? I don't. I don't. I, I remember it looks like an old single-action, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, apparently it has a very light trigger pull. It, it just a very little, you touch it, and sure. it goes. 
And I imagine if he pulls the gun out and puts his finger in the trigger guard and just touches it, it could go off. And I think that probably is what happened. Um, would you still hold him responsible for that? Oh, my gosh. That is an OSHA question. I mean, it's weird how the media is handling this. This this is a workplace safety accident. And there's different standards for that. Just like someone gets in a forklift accident, someone gets in a, 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 a pallet jack collapse accident. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of written down standards from then. I don't know enough about how the movies work and what their standards are for safety and how they handle those firearms. Because obviously you're pointing guns at people in movies all the time. So when you when you send when you put a firearm on the console here and you shove it across for me to look at <laughs> it's always locked open you always show me that it's empty uh, and I have every reason to trust you uh, but if you said go ahead and point it at me and shoot <laughs> I yeah. would I wouldn't do it yeah uh, and there are camera angles they can use to make it look like they're pointing at each sure. other um, there'll probably be more of that now. Oh, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and why wouldn't you, under those circumstances, it, I don't care. If you tell me it's, it's cold, you tell me that the, the ammo in there is not live, I still want to check that out before I point it at somebody. Yeah, that, I said, I don't know enough about the situation, but that's that's one of those things you can see after you've done that for 40 years. You know, nothing's ever happened. Everything's always been exactly how it was. Complacency would start to kick in, um, which we all fight. I'm in my 40s. I fight that complacency every time I set a firearm down or every time I go to clean it. Um, the, the, the Having to fight your mind to go, here we go. This is the first time again. Let's be really, really careful. Let's open it up. Let's not point it at anything. And uh, complacency kills us all, man. It's 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 a really hard thing you got to fight, and that's where you assume that is. Well, he he's handled how many ever firearms on how many ever movies he's been in, and as far as we know, nothing's happened. And so you just start to go, ah, nothing ever happens. It's fine. Like people texting while they drive, all those things that that happen. You get complacent because oh, you've done it for a long time. Nothing happens. It's fine. It's fine. And uh, that's got to be a different world. It, it's got to be a different world. But I assume it's going to be handled like an ocean investi- uh, investigation. I don't know how many people. With like a forklift accident or a ship collapse accident, one of those types of things. I don't know how many of them get charged with, with negligent homicide. That it seems weird. Seems weird. It seems weird, but I don't know enough about the OSHA rules and things like that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's it's very unfortunate, very unfortunate. But uh, it, we'll see how. I, I guess the armor because it was their responsibility to make sure that it was a closed set. But uh, it's just it's just weird. It's. I don't know. It's 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 almost like you're you've got a kid that did it. And now you're tra- and you're charging the parent because the parent allowed the kid to have access. But these are all adults. Uh, who uh, Brian? Who's that martial arts guy who uh, whose son got killed on a movie theater uh, movie set? Lee Brandon Lee. Yeah, Brandon Lee. Yeah, right. he got shot. Um, you think they would learn? All right, up against the clock. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Gary on Gum. Hey, good morning, and it is Jordan who is with us this week from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Give him an address, because when we start doing the show and tell part of the program, I think people are going to be lining up at the door. That's at 1915 Paris Road. In Columbia, Missouri. Yes, good old yes. Columbia. What a, I'm telling you, I'm looking at this thing. I, now i got to just concentrate and not look at it. <laughs> it's like It's like... 
It's like going out on a first date with a beautiful woman. You keep looking, and then uh, suddenly you can't talk. <laughs> uh, all right, let me uh, let me move on because uh, President Biden uh, stuck his foot in it again. He was talking at the National Action Network's Martin Luther King Jr. breakfast, uh, and uh, he said, quote, I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty as water of the blood of patriots. By the way, that is a complete screw-up of the quote. Uh, but he said, uh, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need AR-15s. You know, just from the quote, you know there's a bit of a problem <laughs> with the way his <laughs> mind works. By the way, the actual quote from Thomas Jefferson was, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Uh, he was the uh, principal author uh, for the Declaration of Independence. In any case, uh, he has suggested, Biden, variously, that AR-15s have no social redeeming value, that uh, there has always been a limit on what and who can buy what firearms, and, and there is not, by the way. Uh, there, no, there was never uh, any, not until 1934. Uh, the Second Amendment, from the day it was passed, he said, limited the type of people who could own a gun. And what type of weapon? You couldn't own a cannon. But, of course, you could own a cannon. Um, it, it, he is just so, and he keeps repeating it. Everybody exposes these lies. Everybody tells, you know, it, 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 you can find the truth without any problem at all. And he continues to repeat the lie. I don't know what he expects is going to happen. Um, but you know, we should own F-15s if we, if we wanted one. And could afford it. Jordan can on his pay. I can't. I just work in radio. Uh, but um, the whole point was to be able to arm ourselves at the same level as the government. What is entertaining about those quotes is the exact same thing of him saying those words, meaning he's processed that if he needs to, he will use fighter jets and nuclear weapons against yes. the people of the United States. Yes. And those are the things that keep the other side going on those statements. Like, you're even saying it. You're always like, well, we'll just use, so you mean you'll use fighter jets against the people of the United States that you don't agree with? And there's the, the cycle uh, If of there was a revolution, fight. if there was a revolution uh, and uh, they were trying to overthrow the government, would it make sense to do, to use a nuclear weapon in a country with 300 million people? <laughs> I can't I, mean, ima I can't imagine in a civil war. No, or any war at this point, but it's, it's yeah. insane. Uh all right, let me get uh, let me go to the phones here. 8700529552. Get you in and uh, Don has a question, a Smith and Wesson uh, Smith and Wesson question. It's not easy to say at this hour. Don, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I have a Smith & Wesson M frame 357 revolver, and it appears, I, I don't know if it's got a crack in the mainframe. I don't know how to tell it, but it just appeared. Have any ideas of what to do? Yeah. So it, you can bring it by. We can take a look at it, too. If I don't know how close you are, stuff like that. We can take a look at it. Now, I mean Columbia. Okay, yeah. Just uh, We open it, up. It's, uh, oh, go ahead. It was my father's uh, service 
revolver. Oh, okay. And I just, I don't shoot it much, but I pulled it out. I was going to play with it, and I thought, what, what is that? And I can't, it just, I don't want to shoot it until I know. Absolutely. Yeah, if you've got a few minutes today, next week, whatever, we'll open up at 10 o'clock, but just bring it by. Uh, we've got a gentleman in there named Clint. He is awesome at being able to, uh, to, to work on those things and look at them. But at least we can look at it and go, okay, this is a problem or this isn't, and then try to get you in the the right is, the right place is a crack like that in a in a mainframe would that be a, something smith and wesson would replace or usually they would re- if if they do uh depending on what gun it is and what it's been used for they can replace it um it'll depend on whether they warranty it or not it will depend a little bit on use but you probably wouldn't get the same gun back I mean, okay. you wouldn't. All right. so that would be the thing but there are some gunsmiths who would could attempt to fix it depending on where the the crack is at and what it looks like all right, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Absolutely. Glad to have you with us. If you got questions, give us a call, 800-529-5572. Jordan with us uh, from uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Matt Gates, you know, the guy always struck me as a bit weird. But he really, it really seems pretty principled. And I don't know if you know this or not, uh, but Jordan... Gates introduced the Abolish the ATF Act. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now, I guess we could graphically illustrate the odds of it getting passed with a snowball in one hand and a blowtorch in the other. <laughs> so perhaps it's just for political purposes um, to cement his position with Second Amendment supporters. But could we exist without the ATF? Oh, God. Yes. You know, it just occurred to me that I'm asking you to say this and talk <laughs> about this, and they're the ones who, uh, you know, do a deep dive into the business uh, where you work. It's Yes, we could, but there are things that they do that would have to be taken over by some other entity. And it, it, you go down a rabbit hole when you start abolishing any federal institution like that. You go down the rabbit hole of where does that stop? Uh, you know, there's... Heck, there's federal institutions most of us don't even think exist or know exist. It has nothing to do with our daily lives. I mean, we all know about the IRS and the ATF and the FBI and and all those things. But uh, you start opening up a rabbit hole of getting rid of that. Well, then who takes care of the licensures? Um, or do we say we get rid of all of the rules? And, of course, some of those rules are not rules. Some of those are laws that were actually passed by Congress. So who who enforces those? Who who licenses the FFLs? Who makes sure that they're not uh, bad people running, you know, running illegal firearms? Yeah, well, okay, the know, FBI can do but, it. But even at that, you know, if uh, right now we got bad guys selling guns <laughs> and we have the ATF and, and uh, the FBI, uh, it's going to happen whether they exist or not. That is that is a fact. That is a fact. All right, so I got a message here, and I think he's on the line with us right now. I got a message here uh, from GaryNolan.com, which is how you can uh, contact me uh, while we're uh, running the show. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the uh, new ATF rule banning pistol-stabilizing braces. And it's signed Jack, and I got Jack on the line here. So, Jack, is that your email message to me? Yes, it is. All right, do you have a credit card handy? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the reason I'm asking is last week we broke the story on uh, Gary on Guns, and you weren't listening. So now Brian has to get your credit card number, that little three-digit code. <laughs> well, uh, I missed that, I suppose. 
Yeah, that's why it's going to cost you. Brian, what, what's, what are we hitting them for? It's uh, only 50 today. It's only 50 today? Yeah. Oh, man, that's it's a discount. Not a 25 deal. each, right? Uh, no. Uh, I get the whole thing, and then I'll distribute your share later on. What share is left if you get the whole thing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, what am I, a potato salad? Yeah. Pay you what you're worth. Oh, that, you can't do that. The minimum wage people will send you a nasty letter. Jack, you had a question about the pistol brace ban? Yeah, I just I was curious how you think that'll all play out. I mean, it's obvious, well, in my eyes, obvious governmental overreach. Um, I mean, millions of people purchased something that they said was legal, made many rulings on it, and then all of a sudden it's not. Yeah, I think there's going to be, just like the uh, bump stock brace, or the bump stock, uh, there will be, uh, I'm sure, court challenges everywhere if, if they're not already. Uh, and I, it, it, I think it's ridiculous that they would suddenly redefine uh, the legality of something. Let me, uh, let me see what Jordan has to say. Jordan, do you have very many of those in stock? Uh, I've got a few of them, yeah, throughout all of our locations. And uh, now the rule has not been published yet. It's not in the registrar yet, so you can't, there is no, you can't sue until it's, a law until it's actually re- I shouldn't say law I apologize a new rule um, but uh, yeah there'll be lawsuits a lot I I am not going to do anything with anything I may or may not personally own until at least uh, 60 to 90 days have passed uh, after it's been published now I'm not a lawyer I'm not telling anybody how to act I'm telling you what I'm going to do is wait because I assume there will be well tens or hundreds of lawsuits that will be filed and some will be the right one a constitutional fire file against a how does a non-elected body change what congress has written as a definition in law i wonder it seems like go ahead jack yeah i was gonna say it seems like that's already the point with uh epa versus cargill and and the bump stock thing so anyway hopefully it all gets resolved i wonder if it would make sense to go out and get one now that was one of the questions I had because I was like, man, if they're going to give a 120-day grace period tax-free uh, to be able to register some of these things, is it just bump stocks or can I also uh, create on a Form 1? You're creating, you're making on a Form 1. Can I also make a regular SBR with a regular stock and do it tax-free? I don't know. It's not in the I, – I couldn't find it in the 298 pages of jibber-jabber that they posted online. There you go. And the amnesty period is – I mean, it, you're basically meant to be a felon with the amnesty period as well, so – yeah, it, um, it won't start until they actually publish it, which I, I was surprised they didn't get it done last week. Uh, but we just we keep checking every morning to see if they published it in the register, and then it is something we have to apply by. Uh, however, there is a unique situation for uh, Missourians because of the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Yeah. You might have one of these things and not register it, and unless a Fed catches you, you're safe. The state and local law enforcement can't go after you for having an arm brace because it's not against the law in the state of Missouri to have an arm brace. And Second Amendment Preservation Act is what protects you. However, if a BATF agent catches you or a federal agent catches you, they can prosecute you. Hmm. All right. Well, hopefully it all gets resolved. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Glad to have you in uh, Gary on Guns. Yeah. Um, it's, it's <laughs> so silly. I, I was going to demonstrate what uh, BATF is afraid of uh, when you take that arm brace and put it up against your shoulder. I was going to do it with a picture and then put it up on the Facebook page. 
And I was admonished I can't do that because just that photograph could get me in trouble. <laughs> That's actually the very last bullet point they added. Information distributing, uh, I'm sorry, information <laughs> demonstrating the likely use of the weapon in the general community. It's the last bullet point they put in, which most of us would agree that that is uh, somebody does that on YouTube or the TikTok or a website and they shoulder something like that, then that is demonstrating the likely use of the weapon in the general community. So, oh, oh yep, that's an SBR now. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, um, let me get Rick's question. I don't know if we'll get the answer in before we go to break, but we'll get his question in. Rick, good morning. How are you? Great, thank you. Well, I just wanted to say, yes, we can do without the ATF. We can do without 80% of our government. But, you know, we need somebody to worry about smuggling illegal arms into the United States. But back during Obama's era, they were smuggling guns out of the United States into Mexico, and nobody cared. Uh, we can do without a lot of government, including the ATF. Well, I, I have to agree with you. Rick, thank you for the call. Up against the clock, quick break. We'll be back. Carry on guns. It is, uh, boy, it is. Uh, it, it, I just, uh, I'm looking at a third uh, firearm here on the table, and it's it's also kind of neat. That's coming up, show and tell. That'll be with us uh, about uh, 15 minutes from now. In the meantime, uh, Mike Rogers, uh, Jordan, has sent us a message. He, he, uh, he wants to know, can Biden fly an F-15? Uh, no, but he can drive a Corvette, and uh, he's got one. Uh, and it's in his garage with uh, top-secret papers. Can he fly an F-15? <laughs> he, can't, he can't ride a bike. How are we going yeah. to get him in a fighter jet? <laughs> That's right. He fell <laughs> off his bike, didn't he? Yeah, when he did that, it, 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 if you... Don't know about this. It happened like last year. Uh, he was riding his bike and he stopped and just, I guess he fell over. <laughs> I just and feel sorry for him. I really do. <laughs> sorry. There was a there was a TV show in the 1960s called Laugh-In. <laughs> and uh, Artie, I can't think of his name, Artie something. Brian, do you remember his name, Artie? The, the guy I, would, I remember him. Let me uh, look he would up. Ride the, he would ride this tor uh, tricycle. Uh, up to uh, an obstacle like a stop sign or something. Artie just, Johnson. Artie Johnson, uh, and then he would just fall over, and it was <laughs> it was it was. Yep, I remember it well, and and that and that's kind of what uh, Biden reminded me of uh, when he pulled the same stunt. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, all right, I, we got uh, a couple more things to 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 cover here. Um, Gun laws have disproportionate impact on black communities. Of all places, uh, this was apparently part of a Newsweek debate. I would never have thought that they would um, air the other side, but you know somebody made a mistake and they did. We'll try to get to that in the next hour. In the meantime, Jordan Crime Prevention Research Center, Dr. John Lott, we had him on the program uh, just last week. Uh, he uh, did a study, and apparently 1% of counties in the United States, 1%, account for nearly half of the homicides in the country. Literally, 42% sp specifically, 1% of counties. And if you look inside those counties, it's a several-block area. We're blaming the guns. I think we should be looking a little more closely at what's going on in those areas. I think we're missing the boat here. 
uh, homicide rates have spiked, but most of America has remained untouched. Only a tiny fraction of U.S. counties account for nearly all of the country's uh, homicides, according to uh, research. Uh, the worst 31 counties, generally urban jurisdictions, have about a fifth of the country's population, but accounted for 42% of the, count of the uh, country's homicides in 2020. The worst 5% of counties, the worst 5% of counties accounted for 73% of homicides. That ticked up slightly from 69 in 2014 and 70 in 2016. Meanwhile, 52% of counties recorded no homicides in 2020, and another 16% recorded only a single killing. Um, there's something going on in those major urban areas, and it's not the gun. It's the people. Let me go to the phones. Kevin, welcome. How are you? Uh, very well. Hey, about the brace law, um, the Keltec 2000 that I happened to lose on a canoe trip Oh, Would that so be sad. included in the brace? It's a carbine that folds up. I think it's a 13-inch barrel. So, that's interesting you asked that because none of us really know yet. I'd have to look. They did come out with a list of about 20 specific firearms. Um, the ATF published a list with pictures. I did look at the picture diagram. Yep. And if it's and not on that... Much, much, much shorter. <laughs> yep. You know, not that I have it anymore, but... Yep. Just wanting to know if I still, you know, could buy one now that they're going to be registered. Well, as of today, you still can. <laughs> it's just, I understand yep. that. But, but uh, it's it's going to be vague, and that's going to be the problem with this, this rule because there's so many things that say if it's like a weight of a rifle or if it's similar in a surface area to a predetermined rifle. Well, now it is a rifle. Um, most likely that's going to fall under the their ban, I, I would think, because I think this ban is going to pretty much ban everything, even though the first sentence of the ban says we're not banning anything. Right. Okay. Well, that was, that was my question. <laughs> you know, darn, I wish I had that thing yeah. back, huh? <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad, sad affair. All right, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. Coming up, show and tell. And I want to tell you, they're all great. One is really great. That's coming up in just a few on Gary and Guns.